Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk to two fantastic, newsworthy guests. First, we talk to MJF right off the heels of what was a career-defining promo this past Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. A new direction for MJF and AEW. We'll get into that with the number one heel in all of pro wrestling, MJF. And then we talk to the real one. That's right, Enzo. We talk to him about not only what took place this past Saturday with the Gallows and Anderson <laughs> talking shop a mania, but also we go back to 16 months ago with the G1 Supercard. A lot to get into. We'll do it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Can't wait to talk to our next guest. It's been a while. And, of course, you can see him every single Wednesday night on TNT at 8 p.m. Eastern time on AEW Dynamite. And, Bully, I think you would agree. What we heard from MJF this past Wednesday was definitely eye-opening. So let's bring him in right now. I mean, the guy that you're probably going to see on AEW Dynamite, Bully, for the next 25 years and that is the one and only MJF. Sir, how are you this morning? I am great. It is a great morning. I got a great eight hours of sleep in me. After I'm done with this, I'm going to head over to the gym because that's what leaders do. They look their best, they try their best, and they lead by example. How are you guys doing? We're good. What are you throwing up these days? I saw you with you at 315, 325 for reps. What, 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 what kind of steel are you moving? Telling us. Oh, uh, Bubba, at, as of right now, my one rep max on squat is 525, um, and my bench press right now is 350. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Getting big, making gains, just throwing weight around, showing everybody up in the gym. I love it. Well, you know, Bubba, somebody on AEW has to look like a professional wrestler. So that's <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> yes, they do. Well, MJF, I mean, we've kind of seen your career blossom here on Busted Open from the first time you made an appearance on our show over three years ago to where you are right now. I mean, just, you know, skyrocketing your career. And the one thing that you've never lacked is confidence. 
I mean, how confident are you right now? And do you feel that you're at the best point and best part of your career so far? I'm more confident than ever. Um, and I'm also confident in the people listening to the show that they're sick and tired of the same old, same old. It's time for a change. It's time for a fresh face to lead. Um, look, John Moxley, great performer. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But at the end of the day, I think people are sick and tired of him, of, you know, of him being the captain of the ship. It's time for a new captain. And I'm trying to assure people, look, I know we got off on the wrong foot, but I'm no Captain Hook. OK, I'm a good person. And that's what I am at the end of the day. I'm a good person. And all I want to do is see some change. Am I in my prime right now? No. And that's the scary thing. Am I better than everyone else on our roster? Yes. And that's the even scarier thing. Well, um, well, it, 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 it's felt for like the past couple of months that you were a bit on the sidelines. And, and that's okay because every once in a while, you know, you might not be in a featured story or a featured position. But what I thought was extremely impressive is in one full swoop last week, you basically came out with what you said and took your flag and stuck it right in the middle of an AEW ring. And I think you basically stuck both of your middle fingers in the air and put the entire locker room on notice and said, I'm, I'm legitimately better than you on this microphone. There's nobody who can hold a candle to me, and I'm never going to ride the pine again. This is, I think you basically told the world that that's your show. Yeah. And, and you know what? I wasn't wrong. The, the issue at hand, I agree with everything you said, Bubba. The one thing I don't agree with is, you know what? It might be okay for somebody else on the roster to be on the sideline, but it's not okay for me to be. I'm the franchise player. I'm the guy who both on the microphone and in the ring, I'm a once in a lifetime professional wrestler. I'm something that people are never going to get to see again. So no, it wasn't okay. And that's what I wanted to make perfectly clear. The reason I was on that sideline is because certain people in our company don't want to give up their spot. And that's fine. You don't want to give up your spot, I'll take yours. And if that's what I have to do. And that's precisely what I did this week. The, the auditory speech that I gave will go down in history as a career-defining moment and as a defining moment in the history of all elite wrestling. Because what I did was a real paradigm shift, not a fake one. I gave a real paradigm shift. I wasn't a guy who was a top guy elsewhere. I'm a guy who became a top guy inside of my company that I'm so proud to be a part of. Like I said, I bleed black, white, and gold. I'm not leaving. This is a place I'm going to stay in and make better. And that's why it's so important to me to be spotlighted front and center because I know when I'm on the TV screen, we ain't losing viewers. And it's very and it, important to me. And you know what's scary? And it may be scary, but, but also something that should be helpful and fruitful for the future. And the fact that you said, and you made the statement, and I said it when we introduced you on the show this morning, is that you're going to legitimately be with this company for the next 25 years. Like, you know, you know Cody's not, John Moxley's not, but you are. So yeah. when you look at what the future of this organization is going to be, your name is consistently going to be the name that people mention over the course of the next two and a half decades. And that's just accurate. Nothing, out of, nothing that came out of my mouth wasn't something that I hold true. There was no hyperbole. It was just all facts. I said grab a calculator because, in fact, right now, who's one of the top stars in pro wrestling? The guy's name is Chris Jericho. My hat's off to him. The man's 49. 
in 25 years from now, I will be 49. So, so that is why I was so comfortable saying that. And to be honest with the way I wrestle in my style, which is something I'd like to get into in the next couple minutes, I'm probably going to be able to wrestle till I'm 70 as on top because I'm not being an idiot. I'm not doing what everyone else in my generation is doing, which is succumbing to this car crash style that dictator John wants us to succumb to. I'm not going to jump into that style because I want to make sure that I am helping our company go from being the alternative. And I'm not saying I want to monopolize professional wrestling. That didn't come out of my mouth. What I am saying though, is I want us to be number one and there's nothing wrong with that. I want to get into that style and I want to get into what you said in your speech, basically about the spotty style of wrestling mm. where it's like spot, 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 spot. But I want to ask you one question first about what you just said. You said, when I'm on TV, I ain't losing viewers. Uh, no, sir. You've gone, yep. You've gone on social media to tout the fact that you do great ratings when you are on TV. Cody said on social media, he didn't necessarily agree with that part where he, Bad, he might be. Well, I, yeah. I just want—I just want to know, like, for fans, who should they believe, you or him? Who's doing the more money numbers on Dynamite every single week, and are you blowing Cody out of the water? Look, I will not stand here and pretend that Cody Rhodes isn't somebody that, at one point in my career, I looked up to as a mentor. We are fully aware of our history, and unfortunately, I'm also fully aware that he's not a guy who's going to be leaving anytime soon, and. uh you know, while I don't want to have to go toe to toe with him again, because I do feel bad about how it went down. I didn't want to beat him that badly. It happened. It's not something that I can erase. It did happen. Um, I feel bad about it, but that's something I needed to do to springboard my career. Cody does great. Cody does his own great numbers, but so does MJF. And unfortunately, like I said, there's a hierarchy in my company that doesn't want to let go of their spot. But if you guys saw, I actually quote tweeted a guy who unfortunately does spew a lot of propaganda. I'm not a huge fan of him, but he got it right for once. His name's Wade Keller. And he literally showed you minute for minute, number by, I know, don't get me started, Bubba. He showed you minute for minute, number by number, that, and the numbers don't lie. Stats are stats. Numbers are numbers. That minute for minute, I am one of the biggest draws, not just on Wednesday nights, but on professional wrestling television in general. And, and I think, like, it's being shown. Like, it's concrete. You know the numbers, you know the ratings, and you're definitely drawing those ratings. And unfortunately, when you look at it, MJF, listen, I, 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 we don't, I don't want to get I dive too deep into the ratings, but there was a, a, a couple weeks there where the competition was winning. By the way, during that period, you weren't on the TV screen. So I think that shows that when you're on the TV screen and you're being hyped to be on a segment, that you do draw the ratings. Now you talked about styles and you mentioned mm. in your speech that you mentioned about flip, flop, fly and almost die. And you talk yeah. about how you wrestle smart and safe and that's why you're going to be around for another 25, maybe even 30 years. Talk about that style and talk about what you addressed last Wednesday. I'd love to. Look, dictator John, he studied the Ian Rottens of the world the brain damages of the world. That's not who I study, okay? I study the greats. I study the flares, the tullies. 
I study the Arnie Lads. I study the Nick Bockwinkles. That's who I study because those guys' careers lasted a very long time because they wrestled intelligently. That's what they did. They didn't wrestle to garner a pop from an audience. I am wrestling to get the winner's purse. I am wrestling to stay on top. I am wrestling to be the top guy for the next 25 years, not for the next two. That's the difference between my style and everyone else's. It's unfortunate that we have to see every single Wednesday a bunch of guys who are just clamoring for attention by either hopping over a top rope or jumping off of it. That's not my MO, and it never will be. You're so, you're starting to sound like a lot of the veterans out there who kind of have this same take about AEW, though. Are you worried about that? No, I'm not worried about that. There's a reason they're veterans. Veterans have gone through it all. They've seen the gambit. They've made the mistakes. Bubba, if I'm not mistaken, I recall you being part of a renegade company that uh, <laughs> might have had a lot of craziness going on every time there were crowds out there. And that's fine. That's well and fine. That was one of the greatest companies in the history of professional wrestling. That's the reason we're still talking about it today. However, I'm sure you and I can both agree that your style has changed drastically since those days. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you're, you're 100% right. And, what you're, and I think what you're saying is that at 24 years old, you're realizing that working smarter instead of harder is the right way to go. It always has been and it always will be. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the thing that really upsets me. There are people out there that will say, I am taking the shortcut. I, I'm cheating. And that's absolutely ridiculous. You know what? You know what these guys are doing? They're cheating themselves, Bubba, because they're injuring themselves. They're hurting themselves. They are shortening their careers. And I'm not going to cheat myself for making money. And I'm not going to cheat you, the viewers. You will never see MJF take a sick day. I am never not going to show up on your TV screen every week as long as I'm throwing the ball because every time I'm throwing the ball, I score a touchdown and I snap that pigskin into the gridiron. It's just what I do. And I think, once again, like you said, that's the flag that I stuck into the ground. You're not putting me in the sidelines anymore. And as long as you don't put me in the sidelines, I'll keep garnering our viewers and I'll keep being here week after week because I'm not going to get hurt like all these other guys that want to flip-flop and fly Endor almost die. You know, MJF, and you and I have had issues in the past. You know, you've, we have. you've said so, you've you've said some things. You know, not only just about me, but my wife as well. But do you feel like over the course of the last even just few months that you've matured a lot? Because you said that you're basically a nice guy. I haven't seen that nice guy. So, well, do you the, feel like you've say, matured a little? Look. I'm not saying I've said it, but some people have said that I am quite possibly one of the nicest human beings they've ever met. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Other people are saying that. Mm -hmm. Look, I, I'm a changed man, okay? All I want is the betterment of this guy. And the other thing that's frustrating me is I, I go on Twitter, you know, and, uh, and again, the old me would call them basement-dwelling fat marks with Cheeto fingers. That's not what I'm saying here today. What I'm saying is this. I'm saying that these people might not be educated, might not understand what's going on. They think the only reason why I'm spewing what they would call this nice guy rhetoric is because I want their backing. I want their vote. You know, I want to make sure that they want to see me win a world title. That's absolutely preposterous. This isn't about the world championship. It never has been. It's just about the betterment of the company because we deserve better. That's all. That's all. You know, 
And, and, and MJF, it is kind of scary because, like I mentioned, the 25 years. But you are so young. You are 24. Like, most people, especially in the business of pro wrestling, they don't get it at 24. They don't get it at 25, 26. How do you think you were able to, to mesh and click so well, so young, so early? Well, it's, a, it's simple, Dave. I'm a prodigy. And that's not me being arrogant. It's just the truth. Some kids are able to sit down at a piano at five years old and play Mozart perfectly. I just so happened when I stepped foot into the ring at 18 years old, I immediately felt like I was a fish jumping into water for the first time. A mermaid, if you will, that had been on land and always yearned to be in sea. I just felt at home. And, and that's all it is. I just feel at home in a professional wrestling ring. I feel at home with a red light on me. I feel at home with a microphone in my hand. It's something that God put me on this earth to do. And God also put me on this earth to lead all elite wrestling into the promised land. You know, for a, for a minute, MJF, and again, we're talking to MJF, and, and again, we're always thankful for the time that you give this show. Talk about AEW Dynamite. Talk about AEW in general. Talk about, like, that you are dominating in, in, in the ratings on Wednesday nights. You know, so much success so soon in the early development of a company, because I think, MJF, a lot of people forget that this show just started this past October. Like, it's Absolutely. crazy how big and successful that this you know, brand has become, this is unprecedented in the world of pro wrestling. Talk about how much success this company has had so soon. Well, it's something I'm incredibly proud of because I can genuinely say that I feel like I'm one of the guys that have been at the forefront of it. And as someone who's so young garnered so much attention and got over so quickly, if anyone is going to be able to sit down the rest of the talent and explain to them how to act, how to deal with all the success at such an incredibly fast rate, it's me. If anyone was ready for that, it's me. Um, and it, it's awesome to also see the amount of support we as a company get because we're not going out there to garner ratings. We're going out there because all we want to do is put on the best professional wrestling show we possibly can. The issue at hand, though, however, is we have been led by a certain individual named Dictator John who looks at how to put out on a good wrestling show an improper way. And that's all I'm trying to fix. But back to AEW, I am so proud to be a part of this big, glorious brand. It's tremendous. It's huge. It's fantastic. I love it. And it's it's a place that I can guarantee I will not be leaving. And, and I'm super proud to be a part of it. Max, it sounds like Dictator John and Dictator John's style has your boss's ear, though. Because mm. just a couple of weeks ago, Tony Khan took to social media and was touting the fact that the Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade did over 1 million viewers. So if Tony is into this flip-flop, fly-and-die style, and you're trying mm. to pump the brakes, how much harder does it make your job? It makes my job a lot harder. Uh, the, the, the issue at hand that I would say is this. If, if you do that, eventually you're going to jump the shark. And what I mean by that is this. If we go out there every week and we bump in some texts, if we go out there every week and we are chewing on panes of glass, if we go out there every week and we get hit by cars, if we go out there every week and we're hitting each other over the heads with kendo sticks, for the first couple of times, it's great. 
here's a great analogy. If an elephant takes a giant shit on your neighbor's yard in the morning and you open the door and you see it and you go, whoa, that's crazy. An elephant just took a huge dump in my neighbor's yard. And then the next day the elephant shows up and does it again. Whoa, that's, that's pretty nuts. And then the next day the elephant shows up. Oh, okay, the elephant's here again. And then the next day and the next day and the next day, eventually you're going to go, huh, here's this stupid freaking elephant again. That's what's happening here. That's what I don't want to happen. And that's why it's so important to give our fans different flavors of ice cream. And that's all I'm offering. I'm the flavor maker, baby. That's it. So, I mean, so how many times has Dreamer crapped on your front lawn? Oh, boy. <laughs> Thankfully, I live very far away from Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> all right. Hey, so he said an elephant crapped on his lawn. I don't know. Uh, that's terrible. I mean, Tommy's lost weight. All right. So, MJFL, because you're saying that, you know, you know, AEW is giving you a lot of different styles, a lot of different flavors, and we you're are. this flavor, and it's a smart flavor. So, like, you know, John Moxley having the style that he has is, 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 the, is his flavor of ice, ice cream. So, you know, if the match happens at all out between you and John Moxley, like, are you going to make sure that he goes and conforms to your style, not the other way around? Well, here's the thing. My job is going to be to isolate him inside the ring because I, I hate to say it. His strong suit isn't inside the ring. It's outside the ring. It's with the barricades. It's with, it's with that thinly matted floor. It's with the stairs. Um, that's not how I'm going to allow the match to happen. If I can try to isolate John Moxley, keep him inside the squared circle, I know I'm going to win. And look, the other great thing is I wasn't afraid to share that strategy with you because that is how confident I am in my own abilities. Max, um, the promo the other night, the speech the other night, the state of the business address that you gave. On this show, we talk a lot about scripted promos. The beauty of what you did the other night was it sounded like you were talking off the top of your head about something mm. that was really bothering you, yet you were speaking from the heart at the same time. I'm assuming that no other person around you had their hand in what you said the other night? <laughs> Absolutely not. Nobody ever does. Uh, it's again the the reason. Another reason why I love my company is no one could ever walk up to me and tell me how to do my job because I'm I'm just being myself. I always have been. I always will be. And you know what? I think we saw a different uh, side of MJF bully on Wednesday night because you talked about not only what he said when addressing the fans and addressing the whole locker room, but he even thanked Tony Khan for the time. My best friend. Given, My best friend like, Tony Khan. You know, the, I, I mean, I don't know if we would have heard that from MJF three months ago, but we certainly heard it this past Wednesday. Max, um, yeah, I'm sir. hearing, I'm, I'm hearing words out of your mouth that I'm not used to hearing. Like earlier on, you referred to yourself as a good guy. You actually mm. said you felt bad about something. Have, is this your change of heart? Uh, has this a slight change of heart on your end or have the powers that be sat you down and said, we need a different version of MJF? <laughs> Here's what I've noticed, okay? 
you can't catch bees with salt, but you can sure as heck catch them with honey. And all I'm trying to do is catch some bees. I'm trying to get your vote of confidence. That's all I want is your vote of confidence. No one sat me down. I'm not someone who you can really tell how to do anything. Uh, and, and I never will be. I'm a maverick. I've always done things my way. There's a reason why at the tender age of 24, people are already saying I'm one of the greatest performers in the history of this great sport. And that's not, again, that's not hyperbole. That's not me making things up. Google it. This is how people feel. And people feel this way because I present myself as me. I'm not presenting a character. I'm not coming out there and trying to be something I am not. My name is Maxwell Jacob Friedman, and this is how I feel. And that's how I go out there. That's how I operate. It's how I always operate. And that's why you should give me your vote of confidence, because when you vote for me to win that AEW World Championship, you know that you are voting for someone who is being their genuine, authentic self. I don't know if I could say the same thing about Dictator John. Wow. All right. I mean, we, we're seeing this played out each and every Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. Again, you can watch AEW Dynamite every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. Also, All Out's coming up as well on September 5th. So a lot to be interested in, a lot going on, a lot to be excited about. And you know what? You're going to have to get used to it because you're going to be seeing them on your TV for the next 25 years, and that's the one and only MJF. MJF, thanks so much for the time today. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. Please use the following hashtags, hashtag MJF2020 and hashtag NotMyChampion. I will see you people, hopefully, at All Out. If it's happening in baseball, it's on MLB Network Radio. Passon just said that eight more Marlins have tested positive. Report from Jeff Passon of ESPN this morning that eight additional Marlins players and two coaches have tested positive for COVID-19. If you get a breakout, how do you manage it? This is one of those worst-case scenarios. Who is safe to be around? Who's not? Baseball at its first crossroads. For the latest news and talk, it's MLB Network Radio, Sirius 209 XM 89. We are now being joined by Enzo Real One here. I'm not sure where he is. So can you tell, where are you? Are you on the East Coast or you're on the West Coast? Where are you right now? We're talking to me right now or what? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you? Thank you for joining the show. Because we're live. This is live. So I appreciate you coming. Are you East Coast? Are you West Coast? Where are you? Do you guys see me? Because I can't see you. What's going on? This is just the audio? I can no. I, we we're in. I can see you. You look very handsome. I don't uh, see you, jerks. But I I can see you. So maybe it's something on oh, your end. You have to everybody. like. Yeah, you got to put the grid on. What have participants. you? Yeah, how do you do this shit, dude? Right, look it. I'm not. Oh yeah, we go. Yeah. Can you see us now? We're just going to talk amongst ourselves when you get that ready. So, Bully, I'm really interested in hearing from him because he was a big part of what we saw on yeah. Saturday on Talking Shop Mania. And oh, like Bully, I said, Bully ain't showing no video. Uh, Who's yeah, Bully's, got video going? Nobody's got, I got no video. You guys, we, you guys are showing with me. And that's not true. Um, I'm on video. Bully's on video. We've been on video the entire show. Um, if there's any technical issues, sir, it would be on your end, not on our end, because we've <laughs> been able to see each other oh, for the last two hours. Uh, yeah, baby. grid. There you go. go. <laughs> We're good. Hi. We're good. Oh, so appreciate you joining the show. Um, oh, so greatest pleasure. 
Now, first of all, my first question is, where are you now? Are you on the East Coast, West Coast? Where are you? I'll tell you one thing. Everywhere I go, that thing's with me. <laughs> For those who can't see, I believe he just showed the uh, 205 Live Cruiserweight Championship. We'll let, that, we'll let that sit around there on the corner. I'll be putting that thing on the line against Kerry Morton in West Virginia. On the Real One Mixtape Tour, I hit the indie scene for the first time in my life to the Smoky Mountains. Took my life back a couple weeks ago, man. Just felt inspired uh, over at that talking shop of mania. I don't know if... <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so make a long story short, uh, you know, everybody, you're listening to Enzo, Real One, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And now OnlyFans, I'm not in there getting naked and nothing weird, but you can watch... A wrestling school, but just no one would ever fathom that that is what's going on there. But it is real, and it's the realest thing you'll ever see in your life. I promise you. I give. Uh, we're not. We're not teaching lockups, kids. Okay, I'm not teaching how to work a hammerlock. Actually, I do teach somebody how to work a hammerlock, but that's not the point. All right, learn how to get over. It's the only thing that matters in pro wrestling, and that's what I teach at my school. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, there's a lot to sounds, chew on. Sounds there. familiar, doesn't it? Sounds familiar. Hey, did you have a good time at Talking Shop of Mania? And, like, did you watch the show? And, and what what do you got to say yeah, about the I, Good Brothers? I'm still waiting to get my $15 back. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck? No, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, stay away from the F-bombs on this one. You know, I've, it's been it's been a few years now for me, gentlemen. It's okay. It's, it's, it's busted open. You have carbonage when it comes to language for you, sir. It's fine. It's satellite radio. So. Oh, we're money. All right. Beautiful. Uh, just so you know, just so you know, in case you didn't know, you're not on with Don LaGreca on ESPN radio where you got to watch your language. You're on with Dave LaGreca on satellite radio where you could say anything you want. I know you get the two of us mixed up, but it's Dave Let's LaGreca, not Don LaGreca. It is what it is, gentlemen. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really concerned with who's listening to this right now. I just know that if they're listening to you guys on a regular basis, I can probably tell you what kind of person they are. So I think I'll be all right with this audience. Don't be all right with this audience. Uh, so, yeah, I go on down to the talking shop. Uh, you know, Gals is a buddy of mine. I, don't, I, I haven't really, uh, you know, worked the indie scene. So I don't, I don't really know much about, uh, you know, goes into all that let me just tell you man i met the entire independent wrestling scene of uh you know the the greater georgia area down there on his backyard he had everybody from ricky morton uh to chavo guerrero there scott demore you know at uh, impact was uh helping them along i think he was just standing there shaking his head the whole time to be honest with you but um it was literally the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. It was intentionally done that way. I think I put on the worst performance of my life on a microphone, and uh, that was all they asked of me. And I, when you get flown down, you know, Gallows is smart. He's, he's, he's smart. He flies me down there United, but doesn't show me the flight home of spirit. You know what I mean? You got to get there first. And then I just, you know, I, I, I expected to lose money, like I said, when I went down there. That's exactly what happened. Um He's the man. Those guys have a lot of fun. Talking shop is a lot of fun. Pro wrestling is a lot of fun. Why not do what they did? I give them all the credit in the world. Hats off. They made it happen. Uh, couldn't be prouder of them, even though it was terrible. They just know that when they were doing it, it was terrible. But, hey, they sold out and got it done. Though. 
Are you looking forward to getting back involved with wrestling full time, actually getting in a ring and wrestle? Like, what are your goals with the wrestling industry? I know you got your hand in a lot of different things, but like, what would be your goals with pro wrestling right now? Um, I, I, I'd be honest with you. Like when it comes to the business, um, I, I'll always have love and passion for it. I, I don't think that that ever goes away. I think once you're a wrestler, you're a wrestler for life. Much like you're a mechanic, man. If you can learn how to fix a fucking car, you know, it, it's something that you can take with you a long time. And, um, I, I'm blessed to, you know, learn this incredible trade where you could literally, you know, if you're any good at it um, and you become privy to the business, uh, like like being a mechanic, you can take this thing with you straight to the bank for, you know, 20, 30 years. I look at the landscape and, you know, like I see so much talent right now out there um, and so much opportunity. It's so unfortunate uh, that we're in a situation with the pandemic and whatnot that these guys aren't getting the opportunities to get in front of crowds and, 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 and do what they do. But you see guys like gals and Anderson, Anderson making the most of it and the fans that still want to watch wrestling, buying up that content. So there's still, you know, opportunity out there. And as far as me and pro wrestling goes, like it's just something that, um, I, it, it just remains on the back burner in my brain and in my, in my, uh, in my heart, I'll always have passion for it. And, and to be honest with you, like it's opportunities that arise that, that interest me much so more than a particular brand or doing one particular thing. I think that, uh, the uniqueness of, of what I've been able to achieve outside of pro wrestling, um, you know, rising up to some adversity of my own, I've, I've been reluctant to get in the ring. It's three times in about three years, uh, two and a half years now. And every single one of those matches was against Brian Pillman Jr. Um, it wasn't until I took an opportunity that Gallows and Anderson called me to come to their house, right? You get there. You see Ricky Morton, and he's with his son, Kerry, and they are wrestling, coincidentally, Brian Pillman that Friday. That's an impromptu. Hey, man, can I jump up in that tag? Can you call the promoter? Can I be... Uh, you know, on the sidelines for that one, I want to, I want to, you know, I'll, I'll get in, I'll get in there for two seconds, but you know, I, I took Ricky Morton's comeback. The guy's 60 something years old. I laid down for his son. Who's 19. They got something to talk about the Smoky Mountain territory now for a little while. I didn't think it would snowball into me wanting to get back in the ring with Kerry one-on-one, but that's exactly what happens when you love this business. Um, I went on an autograph signing that Thursday um, with Brian Pillman, worked Ricky and Kerry on Friday. And during that time, I went to this autograph signing at the 127 Arena in Grimsley, Tennessee. That's right, people. I go, <laughs> I go to this signing, man. And I mean, I'll tell you what, Bubba would tell, probably be the first guy to tell you that money's green no matter where you go. <laughs> and I have, I have, I've been understanding that I have left a, mo- a lot of money on the table in wrestling for the past couple of years, right? Stepping away from it. It's never been about money for me whatsoever. Like, I showed up to all these shows that I did in Tennessee for free, and I just sold T-shirts and autographed and asked the promoter if I could do so. Man, I got rich. I was like, what the heck? 
like the, these people love pro wrestling. They're spending their money um, and they're in a part of the country that's allowing that to happen right now where so few places are. And I wanted to take my life back in essence. Brian Pillman, you're hitting the road. I'll jump on the, in the car with you. Got a great opportunity to get in the ring with a 60-some-odd-year-old man and his 19-year-old son. That opportunity may never come again in life. I'll take it every time, man. Well, you mentioned that uh, people love pro wrestling. I mean, people love you. Like, the reason that you did make all that money by selling merchandise is people do love you. I've seen it firsthand. I've, I've been to some of these shows where there's a mob scene around you. And you mentioned the love that you have for pro wrestling. You know, after the world of the WWE, and, and listen, we had Eric Young on recently and EC3 and Gallows and Anderson on recently and even John Moxley. And it sounds like you almost have to get that bad taste out of your mouth and kind of hit the reset button. Did you need to do that? Did you need to step away for a little while after the WWE to help get you fall to in love with wrestling again? Oh, yeah. 110%. I mean, people got to remember, you know, like during that time period, uh, you know, where Big Cass was facing some trials and tribulations, you know, like that weighed, that weighed uh, down, you know, a lot on what it is that I wanted to achieve in pro wrestling at that time and where my head was at and what we were, we were planning on doing together as opposed to now, okay, Eric, you're on your own again. What are you going to do? How do you see yourself getting involved in the four? front uh i can say like as far as pro wrestling goes i'm working on some things right now that are fucking monumental that the world is not going to see coming from a million miles an hour i from a, mile, a million miles away uh something that i'm working on that's going to be very unique uh that i just can't give any details about and i don't want to blow any smoke up anybody's butt but we'll see what happens when it, when it happens bottom line is like wrestling is a part of me and um i knew it to I'd get involved in it again. But one thing that I will say is I just can't, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself in this present climate to get out there in front of no fans. Um, I, I, I can, I, I don't want to say rest assured, but I can almost guarantee you that you won't see my ass pop up unless there's a big ass crowd there. Cause I'm, 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 I'm no one without those people. Um, that is, that is what makes pro wrestling wrestling. I think, I think that uh, they've managed to do some incredible things with what they've been given, you know, as far as AEW, NXT, Raw, WrestleMania, all the things that guys have done, Impact with Slammiversary. Um, you know, it's it's going to be intriguing to see what the future holds in pro wrestling, especially for a guy like me. Uh, I think I've been able to create controversy, stir the pot. People have blurred the line so well, people can't read in between it. Um I, I thought that's why people loved pro wrestling. I think I was, I was wrong at times. I'm like sitting here, uh, defining myself, uh, you know, um, as this controversy creates cash, uh, cash cow, bro, bring me to the bank. And it, it just was mind blowing to me as a performer that those other people that were performers did not step outside of the box in those moments and come join me on my path. I think that people will see it more so happening now and in the near future. I think that time forgives and heals all wounds. And I think that, you know, when it comes to me, I mean, like, you know, I got accused of something that is well publicized. Three days later, that girl's on Snapchat with a double and dildo, you know, jamming her friend up. 
and, you know, trying to make a buck off my name. Listen, I'm not apologizing, okay? I'm going to drop Phoenix. I'm going to stick my middle finger in the air. And I'm going to tell you people that if you were against me, go fuck yourself. But if you were with me, my God, I got all the love in the world for you. You are one of those 5,000 people that filled Times Square like it was freaking New Year's Eve when I got vindicated. I mean, in that moment, if you're, if you're Eric, you have to be a terrible businessman to go crawling back to Vince McMahon. I am an individual, one man in a sea of 5,000 people, and I'm not going to take this brand and go learn how to navigate these shark-infested waters as an independent contractor and make myself a million dollars on my own. I'm not, I'm not here to work and make a million dollars for the next guy, okay? If I could do it for me, great. If I could bring a million dollars to pro wrestling, you are a wrestler and you don't want to work with me, you are an idiot. You are not doing what's best for business. You are getting caught up in the hype, believing what these fans are saying to you, believing what you hear on the internet and not doing what is best for business. And I think that when you come from that McMahon mentality where, okay, listen, okay, I got two blonde chicks. One of them's your wife, Rusev. She's going to be making out in a cuckold scene with this giant MMA guy that would whoop your ass and you're going to watch it happen. And that's what's best for business. So that's what we're doing. Separate your feelings from this BS because this is what we do. We work and we manipulate the people, create controversy and create cash. So what's money? What's best for business? The WWE has always been able to do that. I came from that mentality, separate my business. You know, at a certain time, uh, I think there was opportunities for me to jump back into pro wrestling. Maybe there was too much controversy there. Uh, Everything happens for a reason in life. I just know that when I do something next, like, I mean, I don't think anyone can even fathom the actual reality of what it is that I'm conceptualizing in my brain and what it is that I will achieve when I do get back into pro wrestling. The world is my oyster. I mean, I'm the best in the freaking world on the microphone. I'm, I'm sorry. It's it, Give me a break. But when people watch my OnlyFans, which you could click on the link in my bio and see the wrestling aspect of what it is that we do and why what I did worked and why it worked for me, I think that it'll be so intriguing to open people's eyes to just working the camera, why I sold the way I sold, why I didn't give a damn if anybody thought I could wrestle or not, who controls the narrative here. You know, I want to show you guys something that people will never be able to understand here. Check this out. Look, this, this is this. Can you see me? Yeah, yeah, we, we can you. see you, but they can't see you right now. So we're gonna have to describe it for so, us. So, so what do you got? So there? they can't see me, but I'm showing right now a book that I wrote in 2012 to 2015. We got some WWE paychecks here, bro. Made some goddamn money for those people. But yeah, here, look, this is one page. All right, that's 12 pages. That's 12. That's 12. Okay, this is 2012 to 2015 when I outworked the entire world. Where my competition in my mind was Vince McMahon. I'm trying to outwork you. You ain't nothing but a mushroom in uh, Super Mario's world. They'll leave you flat, eight cups. Okay, you're getting this, disfigured, and dismissed. Meet you, make a hey, make a pancake. And winners, losers, folk, winners focus on winners. Losers focus on winning. 
All right, look. This, All right, this Enzo, check it out. Listen, listen, listen. Because we're on radio right now, we want everybody to be able to understand what you're talking about. I know you got that book there. We can definitely get into it. But you mentioned something, and I got to ask you this question, because you talked about controversy, and the word controversy definitely follows you around. And, you know, as Eric Bischoff once wrote, controversy creates cash. We also talked about things that were best for business. I want to take you back in time a little bit. I want to go to the G1 Supercard in Madison Mm. Square Garden. I want to know why when you and Big Kaz decided to jump the rails that night and 20,000 people were standing on their feet, there weren't 20,000 people standing on their feet at any other moment that night. Not that when there were title changes, not when the great Muda came to the ring. When you and Kaz jumped the rails, that place shot up to its feet. You caused controversy in that moment. Why was that never followed up on? Why did we never get the Briscoes versus Enzo and Big Kaz? Why did we never get uh, G.O.D. versus Enzo and Kaz? Don't you think that that would have been best for business? Don't you think that people would have paid good money to see the Briscoes try to punch Enzo in the face? Oh, man. Listen, I wouldn't have done it that (laughs) There was a real fist fight that took place that day in the middle of the garden. Why? Because when you think of Randy and Chris Jericho in SummerSlam, Randy bleeding out. The guys in the locker room are not smart to the business. Jericho leaves that locker room furious, gets into Gorilla and flips out and causes a fight between Brock and Vince because he, in his mind, is protecting Randy and the business and the art of what it is that we do, thinking that Brock is in there taking liberties on a guy. And through that process, an entire arena, whether backstage, in the locker room, in Gorilla, or in the fucking arena, didn't know what the fuck just happened. Very confusing, because it was real. When you have the balls that the Briscoes had after a fucking match, after a match, they weren't the whole match. These psychos were down. They saw it. They knew what time it was. Time for a fist fight, dog. And I think that the crowd, you you get it, man. How do you keep a secret in pro wrestling between three people? You got to kill two of them. Um, The fact that that was pulled off on a McMahon level, uh, you know, of secrecy, the fact that people around you couldn't realize, holy shit, you just trended number one in the world over March Madness, over Bret Hart, over the WWE yep. Hall of Fame, over the G1 itself, over, you know, everything happening that night, Enzo and Cass reuniting, number one trend in the world. We walk in and they're chanting, fuck you, Enzo. Okay. You couldn't have asked for this thing to go better. I have never wrestled in front of New Japan or Ring of Honor crowd in my life. Now, if you think that they should inherently know who I am because I'm in the WWE, why don't you take anyone in the WWE and plug them in that spot? There's only a few people that are going to pull that off for a reaction in general, let alone get a fuck you ends up. (laughs) It was the best shit I've ever done in my career. I mean, I walked out of that that arena that night on cloud 12, knowing that we just pulled some shit off that is going to be talked about for years. And 
The best part about it is, Bubba, you sit here. Why was the ball drop? Why, blah, 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 blah. For one, Big Cass stepped away from pro wrestling, which led to, you know, me jacking my jaw off at Tomatonga, who, who wasn't so gracious to uh, share the spotlight in that moment at Madison Square Garden. But, bro, you know, there ain't no such thing as a halfway crook. And if I ever show up, I'm all the way stealing the show. Fuck out of my face. <laughs> you know what I mean? So if we if we go and look at the landscape, I don't see a reason why you can't sell out the garden again because I guarantee you I could talk myself straight on that car. Straight, straight on that car. If I see Madison Square Garden getting ran, I want to run it. Now, if I, if I know that it's getting ran the first time in 60 years and you think that I'm not parlaying myself into the main event of the next one, I'm a, I'm an outside the box think. I mean, I, I I I just think that why it didn't work at that time is because there's a 10% boisterous audience of marks on Twitter that light it up, that tag people in things, they get people scared because they type and say the say the wrong thing or tag this person or he's got these issues and backstage he ain't a good guy. It's, I cut this promo afterward. First of all, I got I got an Iggy, let's just say an Iggy that said, go off the rails. Just go off the rails. Lose your shit. Make everyone think this is a shoot that you are really a jerk off. Okay, no problem. This is an easy job for me to do. Sure enough, man, the world really thought I was a jerk off, that I wasn't booked in the situation, that I wasn't brought in to do something miraculous, that we did not pull it off. And somehow the suits and ties that were involved that I never even spoke to. I mean, no one called me to thank me. No one got on the phone and said that was a great job. No, they, they just said, oh, shit, we fucked up. No, you did it, you idiot. It was the biggest fucking... You have never in your entire wrestling existence as a promotion been spoken about more in your life. You just dropped the ball like I've never seen anything in my life. I have never seen some shit. Dude, I could have put... Tama and his brother, T, Tavita, and the fucking Briscoes and two promotions in Madison Square Garden again. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Could have sold it out. And when you do that and you don't follow through with it, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not even... My, uh, you leave such a sour taste in my mouth that when I walk away, I go, this is what the fucking indies promotions are? This is what wrestling is outside of WWE? People people can't take a joke? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I hope you take dick better than you take a joke. Jeez, the way. <laughs> the, but you see, this, this is crazy because I was at the Garden that night as a fan. I was in attendance. And when you jumped the rail, everybody stood up like Bully said. And... All, every That's what everybody was talking about. Once that incident happened, everybody was talking about it. And you're right. You were the number one trend on social media. That was, at, again, at the same moment where Bret Hart got attacked on top of the platform when he was being, you know, when he was talking at the, at the WWE Hall of Fame. So you're the number one trend. And then to top it all off. Me and my buddies, when we got home from the from the G1, we went on to the TV to see what happened on TV. And on TV, they didn't even acknowledge it. They didn't talk about it. The cameras didn't show it, which made me think even more, holy shit, 
this could be real. Enzo really went business on his own, jumped the rail because Cole Cabana is not even talking about it. You know, uh, you know, on commentary, that's they're not Cole even Cabana showing. I didn't the, even know about it. But that's what I'm saying. Cabana didn't even know about it. When you think about the brilliance of this plan, the fucking few brilliant. Were, the few people involved, that just that no one can know that when and no no discussion, just an understanding of you see us, we're fighting, we're fighting, and when it breaks up, it gets broken up, and. The fucking, everyone that was there was so blown away that they thought that this was like, oh, should we break it up? Like, yeah, please break it up. That shit went on way too long ago. Everybody thought they were going to have a heart attack. I walked out of that place. I was huffing and puffing. I thought I was going to die. The, 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 the problem here is, and I, I didn't know if Enzo could clarify it, and Dave, you sound twice as uh, astonished by it. Well, you know if why, Bully, is, really quick, is, Bully. If there, is, if there is a tiny, tiny handful of people that know about it, and those are major decision makers which within a promotion who green light it, but then never follow up on it, what was the point of doing it in the first place? You're not making money on the actual moment in time. It's the follow-up moment in time that you're going to make money on. And and Enzo just talked about that 10% ultra-vocal minority on social media that I think tanked an entire, I'm not even going to say angle, it tanked a match. And I think Ring of Honor folded to that kind of heat on social media. Why even allow this to happen if you're not going to take it to the bank? What were you going to say, Dave? I I was just going to say, because, you know, Enzo just talked about, you know, a pocket of, you know, the vocal minority of fans on social media and that you're kind of bowing down to social media. But but at the same time, you were the number one trend. So you if you're it. Yeah, you own so, social media. Yeah, yes. So you're at a sold out Madison Square Garden where Bully said, and maybe it wasn't the only time people stood well, up, but it was the only time that 20,000 people stood up in that arena. That I could say because I was, I was there. And then number two, you're talking about social media. All right, a pocket of fans complained on social media media but you were the number one trend the number one trend at the same time as a wwe event people have no idea how much it takes to trend number one in the world to guarantee that spot to do these things when i invaded survivor series i'm one man one man brand showing up to your show why do you think i'm not parlaying bookings in outside of WWE with what I just did. I show up in your front row. I give you the finger. Nothing you can do about it. Break zero laws. Purchase the ticket. Walk out of there. Hands in the air. Scott Free did nothing wrong. Broke no laws. What did I do? I pissed people off. That was all I did. And what happened there? That parlayed the jump of a guardrail at Madison Square Garden. So when people start to respect my fucking genius, then then maybe there'll be some more money to be made in pro wrestling. But you know, I think that when you when you when you understand, man, that that you know, only thing real is the miles and the money. You know, as Bubba would look me in the eyes and tell me, "Fucking when I got in the ring, 
you know, that's this is it, man. This is it. This is pro wrestling. So, so Dave, Dave, let's take that exact same scenario. Give me an internet darling name. Tell me somebody that is widely loved by the internet. Well, you know what? Let's let's talk about somebody that we had just saw on this very much smaller scale, like a warhorse that we saw on AEW Dynamite. Somebody that's an indie darling getting an opportunity to be on a national stage. Let's take an Eddie Kingston or a warhorse. Imagine okay. Eddie Kingston and warhorse jumped the rails like Enzo and Kaz did because they're such indie darlings and such, and they're so well liked. What do you think the IWC would have been doing if it was those? guys who jumped the rails oh they would have loved it because it's two indie darlings so they would have loved it but that was the beauty of it bully because here's enzo and Cass. they're wwe guys they're not for the hardcore fan this is a new japan ring of honor show who the fuck are you two you're spoiling our fun this is a new japan ring of honor show and these two fucking wwe guys are jumping the fucking rail at our show why do you think it blew up like it did because they're they're everything that we hate you're welcome. Thank you. And you got to own it. If you're Enzo and Cass, you know that going in. You know you're the heels, despite even some people that were in your ear before it going, ah, I think they might pop for you. And me going, ah, I don't think so, dog. You know? So yeah, I think that to that point, the internet, when you said Bubba, did themselves the biggest injustice because they don't realize, man, they're hating on the indie darlings, okay? And I love this business and I love pro wrestling. And if you can make money to pay your bills, feed your children and not have to work a real job. And if, if that all opportunity means you get to do an AEW ring of honor, new Japan, I don't care where it is. There's men that have the ability to make a living being wrestlers. And that's all I care about. Right. But if you look at the situation, the same marks, that fucking shit on these guys, that shit on me and Cass, that fucking, you know, uh, for, that ruined the angle for the Ring of Honor folk, that the brass up there that didn't want to roll with the tide or the or the New Japan crowd. Do you, they realize that they are hurting the pockets of the boys? And do the boys realize that I'm coming there trying to help the boys get money? I'm not doing this shit, you know, for the promoter. When I get on a card, the other guys who I'm wrestling with, ask any one of them that ever worked with me. Ask Bubba. Bubba, what do you want to do? I don't give a fuck. Bubba, I'm going to listen to you. Whatever you want to do, you know? Okay, ask Gallows and Anderson. We beat the shit out of him all over the world. He was great to work with. Scott Dawson, Chad Gable, Jason Jordan. We're going to run high spots, run a different bunch of shit. This match is different than the match I'm going to have with Bubba, where Bubba grabs a sign that says, how you doing, and, and you know, rips it. You get it? Like Bubba yeah. knows how to work the crowd. And when I'm working with Jordan and Gable, we're going to tell our story with an Olympian. And, a, you know, and those matches that I had every night around the world, you have to understand, I'm going from working Chad Gable and Jason Jordan in 25-minute mains all over NXT, all over the world, trying to launch this brand at a time where it's hotter than ever. And then I go and I work Bubba, and it literally turns into – uh, what do you, uh, Bubba goes, what do you do, kid? I go, I do a DDT off the second rope, and uh, I sell. And he goes, good, I'll see you out there. So 
I'm not going to go out there on a live event with Bubba and Devon who have been working and doing this shit forever to, you know, pop this little Asheville, North Carolina town. We're not going to kill ourselves. Bubba's going to grab a sign. We're going to rip it. Uh, you put my wig on, kick it off my face, and we're going to pop the shit out of the crowd, and that's the role that I play in that match. When you watch wrestling, like so many like you not you don't get to the top of the WWE booked every single weekend in the WWE from 2013 to the day you get fired if you can't fucking wrestle. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. First of all, how can people get in touch with you? How can people follow you? How can people know the next step in your career? So uh, follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and OnlyFans, R-E-A-L number one. The OnlyFans content is, is, is a great way to communicate with me. Um, I speak directly to people. I send wrestling videos uh, to the fans when they get posted, just to let them know that I have posted a new video. If you have questions, if you purchase that video, all the videos on my OnlyFans are $3.33 or $11.11. I'm a big numbers guy, so that meant something to me. And the way I looked at it was, bro, kids are paying. I, I just learned this recently. Brian Pillman calls me up. He wants to come stay on my couch, talk about the biz, get in the ring, move around, wrestle. I got a boxing gym. The world shut down, but I have my own gym so I could go in and out. So Pillman's in the ring with me. A young boy of mine named Casey Navarro, a wrestler I met at an autograph signing, came up to me and he DM'd me. I follow him. So I saw it and he said, I see Brian Pillman there. Can I come by and work around with you guys? I said, no problem. Two days of this, working with these kids, talk about the biz, I go, you know what? We need to break some cameras out. The next day, Nate and Nick Diaz manager, Kevin, uh, the MMA fighters, called me because OnlyFans had come to them about doing an MMA tutorial. So now OnlyFans wants to run promotions um, and, and allow their platform to be a place for entertainers, not just, you know, adult entertainers, but entertainers in general, cut the middleman out completely and put money directly into your pocket, which is in essence what I'm all about is, you know, the mamas and the papas, the small business, the independent wrestler, go make your money. And I'll give you an example. All right. So I'm working with these young kids now talking to them about the indie scene, which I, I I've never really been a part of, but I understand how it works. And I, I'm a, and I look at these kids and I'm like, who taught you how to hustle? All right. Kids, who taught you how to hustle? This is the easiest thing I've ever seen in my life if you're talking about trying to make some money, all right? Now, I'm going to give a gimmick away right now to independent wrestlers as I do on my OnlyFans when it comes to giving you advice, talking about the biz, how to make money. I made a million dollars in my rookie year. You know, I made $8 million off a t-shirt for the company in one year. In a rookie year, how do you do these things? It's undeniable that I've achieved it. So, Shut your mouth and literally give me a little credit here. I'm going to tell you. I'm a pro wrestler, all right? What's your name? Nobody gives a damn what your name is because you ain't over there. You ask, ask El Generico how Sami Zayn worked out for him because he went and won an intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Look, stop getting attached to your name, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. It doesn't matter. You're what's over, okay? Prince Devitt, Fergal, you know, 
Finn Balor. Point is, looking at you kids, I don't understand why one of you isn't Vinny Venmo. I get to the fucking curtain. I go, how you doing? I'm Vinny Venmo. Sitting around right now on your seat before the show, I have put a white piece of paper that has a QR code on it. Every single one of you have your phones. What I'm asking you to do is, if you like my performance tonight, or you see me do something that you like in this ring, throw me a dollar. Every penny counts. I don't care if you throw me $10, kids. I got Cash App, I got PayPal, I got Venmo. They're all on that paper. Do it, all right? Now I got a manager working for me, and he's hustling to make some money the whole match. Hey, I got a guy that's in the ring, and he's selling for me, right? He's selling for me. And I start negotiating Stone Cold Stunners and RKOs and Spine Busters with the crowd. I got 20 over here for a Spine Buster. I got 50 over here for a Stone Cold Stunner. Now... I'm on a microphone, and all my opponent has to do is sell, and we can break that bank when the match is over. I'm sorry that fucking move I hit you with, the fans wanted to see, okay? Boom. If I'm Enzo and I'm doing this, here's how I do it. I got a kid in the ring with me who's greener than fucking grass shit. He doesn't know how to work in his life. So I'm just going to beat the shit out of him, all right? I'm going to beat the shit out of him, and he doesn't have a choice in the matter because I'm a G and he ain't nothing. But if you feel a little sympathy for him or you want to see me hit uh, a spine buster or a jackhammer on this kid, just tell me and I'm going to do it if the money's right. But don't you worry, because when this match is over, every penny is going in his pocket, not mine. Now I make the kid, if I'm a heel, I make this kid money. I look like a face and boom, boom, boom. Who taught you how to hustle? If you're on the indie scene and you ain't trying to make money off of QR scans, on your T-shirt, takes you straight to a website with a LinkedIn where you can go on my YouTube, you can go on my OnlyFans, you can go on my Twitter, you can follow me across the board, Pro Wrestling Tees, just scan it. It's on my T-shirt that says Real Love. There's a QR code on the bottom. I got QR codes on white pieces of paper on every chair, and I got a microphone, and this arena is tiny. And if this dickhead who I'm working with knows how to work and he stays down and fucking sells and doesn't move, I can really make us some goddamn money on this microphone. I love it. I mean, unfortunately, time is short. And, you know, next time we're going to have you on, we're going to have you on for the whole show because we just killed 45 minutes talking to you. That's how good you are. I, I love you, man. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Good luck with everything, man. You know, I, I'd like to say, you know, go Giants, but who knows if we're going to have a season or not. But doesn't matter because you're going to be smiling at the end of the day anyway. So thanks so much. Always, man. Baby. Appreciate, you know, yes, appreciate I, the time. I leave, I just I want to give my own exit. Yesterday was the best day of my life. LaGreca, you wouldn't believe what happened. You want to know what happened? What happened? I woke up today. Today's better than yesterday. There you go. Unbelievable. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.